got money or you need something? I gave him money. Okay. Sending Sean to get coffee because we don't have any coffee here. Only radio station I've ever been around in my entire life that doesn't provide coffee. Well, there's a coffee machine. It works some of the time. <laughs> but it's complicated because you can get a caramel macchiato. <laughs> don't want a caramel macchiato. I want a cup of coffee. Sorry, can't do that. Right. Well, and it's especially important because we have important work to do, raising money for Warrior Foundation, Freedom Station. I'll tell you, I'll give you a little insight into my crazy head. I get nervous as we approach this week, uh, raising money for WFFS, because we have seen the work they do. We have seen, we have known the guys they help. We have heard the stories. We have met the guys who are just freshly injured or just medically discharged. And you can see that they're at a critical crossroads in their lives. Um, and these are our heroes. These are our finest young men and women. And and it's it's critically important work. So we want to do our very best for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station with your health. So we need you to donate. And we've set a goal this week of raising a half a million dollars by Friday. You just go to armstrongandgetty.com. But I hope we crush it. But hey, I we'll hope see. so, too. I hope we go way beyond. But, you know, with the pandemic and layoffs and everything like that, we just, you know. So, uh, but in case you don't really quite understand what Warrior Foundation Freedom Station is all about, we thought we'd hip you to that. Yep. Sandy Lemcooler is the CEO and founder of Warrior Foundation Freedom Station joins us now. Sandy, greetings. How are you? Good morning. Oh, I'm wonderful. I've been up since about 3 o'clock in the morning getting ready for you guys. I'm so excited. (laughs) Well, hey, we are too. For folks who are brand new to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, how did it get started? Let's start there. Oh, wow. In 2004, I was up at a naval hospital, and I noticed that, because, you know, the southwest region, that's what the military kind of calls all of everything west of the Mississippi, basically. Um, I was up at the hospital, uh, which is an active duty naval hospital, and I noticed a bunch of Marines, very young, back in 2004, the war was just kicking off, and one was missing a right arm, and one had his left arm uh, attached with pins to his crutch, and they were amputees, and they were in bad shape, and I'm looking at these guys, and in fact, it was right around this time of year in, in November before Thanksgiving, and I said to the guys, what do you guys need for Christmas, and even though they were all ripped up pretty good, they kind of stood tall came to almost an attention and they said nothing ma'am we're fine ma'am we've done what we need to do and they were very very courageous and so I thought yeah right I waited till they got in the elevator I hit the stop button and I turned around on them like a, a mom and I said okay Look, I'm a Navy wife. I'm a Navy mom. What do you guys need for Christmas? I realize that you can't solicit in any way shape or form and so Without blinking an eye, those Marines told me how to solve their problem. And they basically said, ma'am, he uses his right arm, I use my left arm, we button our shirt, we can lace our boots, but the one thing we can't do, and we keep getting in trouble for it, is we can't shave each other. And I said, okay, Roger, that, what do you guys need? And they said, ma'am, we need the Naroko Cool Skin Razor that dispenses the lotion. It's got one button in the front, and you can use it in the shower. And I said, okay, I'll write that down on my hand, okay, (laughs) my then 2004 Palm Pilot. And I went home, 
and I told my husband, take me over to the Navy base. He's, uh, he did 31 years in the Navy. He's an old warrant. And so we went and had a razor class because I'm raising girls. Um, the razors were $68 a piece back then, and I thought, wow, these Marines have champagne taste on a beer budget. And then I found out that we needed 300 of them. And my husband's face went a little white, and he said, babe, that's babe, that's a little above my pay grade, okay? So in the middle of the night, I just kept thinking, this country can do better. If these guys need razors and they've lost their arms and legs for us, we can do better. And so I wrote to 760 AM radio. And I had a full head of steam, and I hit send about 4 o'clock in the morning, and the producer answered me. Then I got really scared. Then, um, I'll cut this short because I get passionate and keep going. Um, Long story short, they called me into the studio. I had to make sure that my daughter, who was a JG at the time uh, in the Navy, and my husband would not go to jail if I fundraised. We didn't want to all end up in Leavenworth. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in 45 minutes, we raised $68,000. And I called every one of those people back. We got the razors. And, in fact, the radio station called Naroko and shamed them, I'm sure. And we got the razors at half price. And so we started this foundation out with $30,000 back in 2004. And my husband said, don't take a salary. God has blessed us. You just make this go, Sandy. And And so without ever running a foundation, our foundation has raised over the years $18 million. Wow. (laughs) And and, let me jump in here and point out that the the efficiency of Warrior Foundation Freedom Station with your donated dollars is stunning. They don't spend anything on fundraising, which is why we're doing this. Uh, And and the money just flows to the guys and the programs, and there are quite a few. But the Razors turned into special custom-made boots so the guys could wear their boots in formation over their prosthetics and all sorts of stuff. Now, Freedom Station and Freedom Station 2 are transitional housing for our bravest wounded warriors. Um, And just it's not an understatement to say that you and the crew are saving lives. Well, that's very, I'm just honored to be able to walk in these heroes' shadows. And it's, it is an incredible thing. I sit back a little bit and think, we just had a new wheelchair come in for one of our Navy warriors, and it's a special wheelchair made especially for his body and his type and his injuries. And I'm telling you, it makes such a difference. It's an ultralight wheelchair truly makes a difference on him being more independent in his own home. And we kind of do a little bit what the government can't or won't, and we're honored to be able to do that. Um, Since that time, like you said, how hard is it to get a boot uh, and have a zipper put up the back so that the guys don't have a gym shoe on their prosthetic and nobody knows that they're an amputee? How hard is it to get um, a cottage and have it decked out right down to the placemats on the tables? And when it's a tough day when a warrior finds out he's not going to be able to stay in the Marine Corps or the Navy or the Army. And so it takes about seven, eight months after they find out for them to get their retirement papers. So why leave them live in a barracks 
when they're not going to be in the military any longer. So we have a cottage very close to the Naval Medical Center in San Diego area, and they can get up, put their arms and legs on, go up, deal with their PTSD, all of their medical stuff, and then come back home at night and learn to live like a Mr. or a Mrs. And, you know, by not letting them get out on the streets and develop bad behaviors we really don't want them to have, it has been life-altering. And and I do have to share one thing, very important. We were without a salary uh, of any kind until about a year ago. And then the need became so big that I waited 10 years for a very incredible colonel in the Marine Corps to retire at 31 years, and uh, his heart is the right heart for our foundation. And he now is the president of our foundation, which gives me a little bit of a break now, and he is an incredible person for our guys, and he has developed all of the outdoor therapy programs that we need, in particular right now this year. He is fabulous, and I have to tell you, we go hunting and surfing. Let's face it, I don't look good in waders and going fishing, fly fishing. I don't. That's more his style. But it's an incredible um, um, kind of like expansion of our foundation. And again, uh, he doesn't take a, a large salary. He is incredible with the guys. And you know, when they need a little bit of that marine stuff that those war dogs need. He's the man to go do that. I Excellent. can do the mom stuff. He does the marine stuff. <laughs> Sandy Lemcooler, CEO and founder of Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Sandy, we'll stay in touch this week. Uh, we'll do our best, all right? Bless your hearts, and thank you, everyone. Um, truly, this year, there is a lot of need, and we are meeting that need. So bless you. Thank you very much. All right, you got it. Here's what you do. You just go to armstrongandgetty.com. There's a big banner there. You can't miss it. You click on it and you donate what you can, whether it's $10 or $10,000. And and we've had some whales through the years who understand that it's these warriors that got us this sort of freedom that we enjoy and profit from. And Sandy's such a great, you know, in addition to being the CEO and founder of the organization, she, organization she's verbally gifted. She's just a good spokesman for the organization. But, you know, the part that amazes me since the first time we visited years ago is how these guys who have been in war situations get to hang out together and talk to each other because I've I've known a few people, including my brother, who have served in war zones and they don't talk to other people and it's not good for them and they uh, and they can't talk to other people. It's just it's just something about the experience and uh, and when they, when they get together and stay in a little you know like like dorm like setting like they've got there and talk to other people who they feel comfortable talking to and, uh, you know, and just work through all that stuff mentally. That is huge. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is so huge. A place to do that in between getting booted out of the military because you're you're wounded and getting back to a regular life. They just need that transition time. God, and there you are. You're wounded. You're young. You're struggling with the, the things you've seen and done and, and the rest of it. And then the the government says, "Yeah, we'll we'll get you your uh, your money in about eight months." I mean, can you imagine? It's just t- terrible. And Warrior Foundation Freedom Station is there for the guys. Meantime, figure out a place to stay, how to get a job, how to deal with a boss, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Sorry about your arm and leg. Now go. Uh, so we're here to help uh, our heroes because they've helped us, 
And you can do it too, armstrongandgetty.com. Yep, and we'll do a, we'll do a total here soon. We're hoping to hit $500,000 by the end of the week, but we'll, uh, we'll do a total here soon. So we got an interesting text about the new vaccine announcement that came out today. If you haven't heard that announcement, we'll hit you with that. It's good news. We got a text that makes me wonder um, uh, something too and how we're going to get all these things out here and out to the people across the country, how we're going to get people to take these shots. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. good weekend uh the um maybe the big news story of the day is you got yet another company coming out and saying hey we got a vaccine too and ours is 95 percent effective so take that pfizer yours sucks they didn't say that and you don't have to keep it in a deep freeze either from what i understand that's probably more important yeah and um come on pfizer so uh the head of operation warp speed who you may have seen on 60 minutes last week said that he expects the U.S. to have enough vaccine doses available to immunize 20 million Americans in a couple of weeks, and then 25 to 30 million every month after that. Dr. Fauci said yesterday on CNN he thinks we'll be back to normal, more or less, by April. Okay. We got this text, and i got to admit, I've been thinking this a little bit myself. Let me start by saying that I'm absolutely not a conspiracy theorist. The moon landing was real. Chemtrails aren't a thing, and Bigfoot isn't hiding in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, two for three. That checks off a couple. Where are you on uh, pizza parlors and child sex trafficking? But this whole vaccine is 95% effective thing, hooray, is uh, bothering me. Normally it takes years to create a vaccine, even then the ones we've had for decades, and have had decades to improve, aren't touted as 95% effective. Effective. And I'm supposed to just believe blindly that inside of a year they've created a vaccine against a novel virus that's damn near flawless. Doesn't pass the smell test. I've had that uh, trinkle into the back of my mind also. And keeping in mind that our government was willing to tell us not to wear masks to try to manipulate us at the beginning of this thing when they knew masks were one of the most important things. But they thought, well, we run out of masks, so let's... Tell the stupid sheep that masks aren't effective and make it laughable to get a mask so we can save them. Any government that would do that mm-hmm. would absolutely inflate the effectiveness of a COVID vaccine because they're worried about the number of people that are going to take the shots. With Isn't the that cooperation of the companies involved. Yeah, that is, you would have to have that, which makes mm. it a little more difficult yeah. uh, to pull off the conspiracy. But you have to, you have to admit I'm right about the government's um, their credibility sucks. Right. Yes. If they're willing to right. say people are buying masks, come on, hey, do I need to say it out loud again? Don't buy masks. Right. They don't. So <laughs> if they're willing to do that to manipulate our little minds as they look at it, mm-hmm. they sure as heck would lie about the effectiveness of the vaccine because they're seeing all the polls that say a third of Americans aren't going to get it or say it won't work. It's not out of the question. I think it's almost guaranteed. What? Now, whether or not the companies would go along with it, I don't know. But the government lying about that? Uh, That doesn't surprise me in the least. Hmm. Hmm. All right, one more note from a skeptic. Another intelligent skeptic, in this case, John. 
I don't know where I'd stand on taking the vaccine, but I think it's interesting that you seem fine with it as long as the FDA approves it. There's still a governmental bureaucracy and under a lot of pressure to get this through, and I'm not inclined to trust them so wholeheartedly. Uh, They've definitely approved and cleared other medications that are then recalled. You've pointed out many times that Trump helped improve the timeline significantly by cutting regulations, and I'm sure a lot of that had to do with the relevant red tape. Yeah, that's that's the story. But I'm sure it also included several aspects specifically designed to ensure a safe end product. Um, yeah. They wouldn't put out something uh, harmful on purpose, but sometimes, uh, long story short, it takes time for things to play yeah, out. My, my pushback on that is we're famously ridiculously slow compared to other also first world countries around around the globe correct we just we just have too much red tape yeah we have we're we're too picky about our food we're too picky about our medicine all this different stuff and it's just it's stupid it's 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 the bloat of bureaucracy mm-hmm. so that doesn't surprise me a bit that you could cut a bunch of that bloat without um having any effect on the um you know, the health of the vaccine, especially when there has been an, a war and not just war, but like an existential wartime push to get this going. Uh, but, you know, healthy skepticism is a good thing. I say, uh, fine. I, I think you're probably right. I think it's probably pretty safe. But if it were out there for five years, would I be more comfortable? Of course. Absolutely. I'll get the shot. I don't mind. On the other hand, I know some people who've almost died of the thing, and one whose spouse did. So, yeah, it's it's not clear cut. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. try to only once a year ask you for money to give um uh and we will pick very carefully who we ask you to give money to and we have chosen for several years warrior foundation freedom station because they're just absolutely so so fantastic if you don't know what we're talking about stay tuned you'll learn about it this week uh but donate by going to armstrongandgetty.com we'll do a total here in a little bit because we're going to try to raise a half a million dollars this week oh that's a big goal highest highest ratings from charity navigator by the way Oh, yeah. If, if you're already hip to that. Their scores are incredible. Oh, yeah. Fabulous. Um, I've got um, why people exaggerate about their lives and the things they exaggerate about to others. Come yeah. On. Man, when I was in the major leagues, I knew a lot of guys who exaggerated. Right. Anyway, back to you. I was talking about that with Brad Pitt just the other day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I took in a little of the Sunday talk shows yesterday. They were all stupid. Just freaking stupid. <laughs> Why do you hate yourself? Just moronic. They didn't used to be this stupid. They've always been stupid, but they're stupider now than they've ever been. Why don't instead of that, you, you'd like tune your radio between two stations, then turn it up as loud as it can go and just tattoo your ears with static instead of watching those damn shows. But anyway, this... I did. I did used to like them, but they're terrible. You can't take them. This clip was making the rounds because this is Trump on Friday talking about the coronavirus response after a a week of laying low. uh, And you would, too. If you lost the biggest, uh, you know, business deal of your life, uh, look at it that way or whatever, you'd be uh, you'd be uh, you'd be a little wounded for a while. Anybody would be. I'd get I'd be getting my drink on in Georgetown. (laughs) 
Mr. President, shut up! <laughs> but he, he finally came out and he was talking a little about the coronavirus and included in the speech he said this. Ideally, we won't go to a lockdown. I will not go. This administration will not be going to a lockdown. Hopefully, the the uh, whatever happens in the future, who knows which administration it will be. I guess time will so tell. So there but. you go. He clearly very nearly said the next administration, which yeah. which means he's not Hitler. He's not staying. Uh, that's, that's what Hitler would try to convince you. Everything you talked about on every cable news show for the last five days was pointless, as I suspected. I mean, if the guy himself almost says the next, I mean, you know, whoever's the president, eh, come on. So that, that I, I never entertained that as a real conversation, but it's completely put to bed in my mind. Now. Right. All right. So let's just shut up. About if it. you'd like a complete report on the various legal battles in the states, uh, I could give it to you. I'm not going to, but. The uh, president's lawyers have uh, have uh, recalled several or, or removed. What, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't matter. Uh, withdrawn several of the complaints and lawsuits, and a couple other judges have said, "Yeah, there's not enough here to overturn it." And so it's it's over. The legal fight is over. And on we go. Yep. We do our best for the next four years, and then uh, you know, hold on to the Senate. Try to win back the House in 2022. I, I can't start talking we'll about the next We'll have your 2022 preview next. <laughs> so how about a Warrior Foundation? Now, this is the first one of the year. Do we have our drum roll and our hurrah and everything ready to go? It's a good, pretty good drum roll. Drum roll check. Nice job, Gladys. She plays the harp all year long, and then she brings out, she brings out the snare drum and the cymbal. Keeps her roll <laughs> nice and tight, too. I appreciate that. Forgotten you have a cymbal there, Gladys. We are currently at... Oh. $28,720. Day one. We knew you people were great. We didn't know you were that good. Yeah, well, uh, see if my math checks out here. To raise $500,000 in five days, we're going to need somewhere in the ballpark of a hundred grand a day. Yeah. And uh, that's not going to be easy to keep up. But uh, go to armstrongandgetty.com. It's that easy to donate. I'm telling you, if you went to Freedom Station and you met these guys... Yeah. You would give every yeah. penny you could. That's oh, my true. God. Yeah, yeah. So go to armstrongandgetty.com. We got an interview with one of the guys uh, that has benefited from it um, coming up later in the show, so yep. stay tuned. Pressure to impress at parties prompts most folks to exaggerate about their lives. I don't think I do this. Maybe I do it and don't know it. I don't think I do, but anyway, or have. Uh, half of the people polled say they exaggerate details of the life at a dinner party. admit to being competitive at parties trying to make themselves look financially better off than other guests or even their hosts. Wow, how interesting. Yeah. I tell people I host this show, just just so you know. (laughs) Go ahead, then. You'll be blamed. Yeah. Good luck with how the... Perfect. Good luck with all the laurels that come your way for us. (laughs) Enjoy your laurels. (laughs) Yeah, that that is funny. That's, um... It so goes against my family's culture, really. Uh, no, no bragging. No bragging allowed. Um, the top things that partygoers will exaggerate about, starting at the top, their job role. Yeah, I'm a heart surgeon. I, I, I don't know. I guess you overemphasize the uh, what your job is. I'm the uh, special uh, assistant to the uh, founding partner. I have a job. <laughs> <laughs> That's a slight exaggeration, really. Um, traveling experiences. 
That seems that is definitely a uh, showing your uh, you know what thing where people have gone and what they've done. But this and, is a, and I can't compare. But this I, is about I've ex- done nothing. This is about nowhere. This is about exaggerating, <laughs> right? So um, okay, you know. If you actually have traveled all these places, I'm going to get bored with your stories. You might not realize this, but I don't care that much that you've been to Bali. Mm. Bali, however you pronounce it. I don't know. You've been there. You tell me. You don't even know how um, to say it. No, you no, couldn't no. find it on a map. No, and I don't care. I don't care if you've been to Nepal. But um, If you want to go to Bali, don't accidentally go to Mali. Trust <laughs> me on that. But if you're making up your stories, then you're really wasting your time. Because I don't yeah. care if you've actually been. I certainly right. don't care if you're pretending to have gone. But I have been at many a dinner table back when I used to be around people. Uh, dinner table events. Where that is just the the thing. The most obscure. Oh, you haven't been. Oh, you've got to go. Yeah. And you're, All right. Whatever. Particularly if you ran into a celeb. <laughs> um, but this is this. Oh, I'm going to skip this one and get back to it because I found number three to be hilarious. Salary. I don't know why you're talking about your salary oh, at all. That's distasteful. I make more than you do. <laughs> It's a good opening line at a dinner. Yeah, that's how I start all dinner table conversations. (laughs) Bet I make more than anyone else at this table. Go. And then I just lie about how much I make. You wait till everybody's throwing out a number. Then you throw out a higher number. Right, exactly. That's couch cushion money in my industry. Here's a good one, Sean. You look around, kind of a bad smell look on your face, and you say, is this your only house? (laughs) I remember when I, too, was an entry level at my my given field. Good Thanks. things to come. You look like a go-getter. <laughs> uh, exaggerating your dating life, that's really weak. Oh, boy. Please, <laughs> with as much money I make, I'm, I'm fighting them off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cooking skills. Who exaggerates their cooking skills? <laughs> I've turned on an oven. Uh, I made a fondue last week. <laughs> oh, if you could have eaten it. Uh, past careers. Well, I was a lion tamer. Um, <laughs> wow. Films they've seen. Why? What? I, feel, I feel bad for you people that feel like to fit in. You've got to lie about movies you've seen. I don't get people. Just yeah, <laughs> just say I, I do I, not like Homo sapiens. Feel free to just say I haven't seen that. Takes a lot of pressure off. Baking skills, which are separate from cooking skills, that claims <laughs> here. Wow! Um, wow! How their marriage relationship is going? That's an interesting one. Huh. Fine. Uh, 20% of people say they've called someone out for trying to one-up everyone else at the party. If you make so much money, why are you driving that hunk of junk? <laughs> You're just saying that because of how much money I make. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, 43% of people say they exaggerate all these things because they're trying to fit in with the crowd. That's just sad. Maybe that's where being a misanthrope is helpful. I don't I don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. 40% say they... I'm, I'm sweating. Through this entire segment. That's interesting. The idea of, of people getting together and bragging at each other uh, is just making me sick. 40% say they do it to appear more interesting than they really are. <laughs> well, maybe it's because I'm fascinating that I don't feel that need. As I was taming lions in Bali. You, you see, I don't have to lie about these things because I have a personality. With a well-crafted apple pie in the oven <laughs> while I was doing my lion tra- training in Bali. Exactly, and one of the lions attacked me, and I thought, I have to tame this beast before the pie is burned. <laughs> that was stress. Of course, learning to be a lion tamer is very expensive, but I can afford it. And then I couldn't remember which of my houses is the pie baking in. Here's the dumbest one. This was number three of things people that lie about at dinner parties. The amount of exercise they do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
am more than willing to tell anybody I haven't had my heart rate above 70 in two years. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Why would I? Why would I lie about that? I don't know. Just it's <laughs> status, the admiration of your peers. I guess I don't know. If I walk all the way to the bathroom in this restaurant, it will be the most exercise I've had this week. All right. You know, I love the saying that there'd be nothing more terrifying than spending five minutes inside somebody else's brain. Mm. What if you could, as like a, a a bubbly person who would lie about all that stuff for status at the dinner party and feel good about it, you could take a shot. That would make you a misanthrope for an hour. You know, or maybe not just a misanthrope, somebody who just doesn't care about that stuff. That, that, that would probably be incredibly liberating. The pressure's off. Yeah. You're the head cheerleader, and we've, we've, it was funny back when we used to take calls, this made an impression on me. We talked to a couple of the bubbly, pretty cheerleader girls in high school who said I spent the entire time terrified I would lose my status. It was incredibly stressful. I did not have to worry about that. Yeah, exactly. And and to take a shot and just be freed from that, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's liberal. On the other hand, uh, maybe you're enjoying yourself. Like if I was in somebody else's head and I'd think, wow, sitting here in a restaurant with people and I'm happy about it. It'd be That'd like be pretty being cool, high. I'm, They're I'm talking not. to me. I'm talking to yeah. them. They're <laughs> smiling. Oh, my God. This is the best thing ever. <laughs> We're both lying about how much exercise we do. Right. I'm what's such a what's good, that like? I'm such a good cook. I have to run a marathon every day. <laughs> I would say. Usually with my lions trotting along beside me. <laughs> that I have trained oh, into submission. Speaking of wild beasts. <laughs> A story from the world of science. They've grown monkeys' brains. And, uh, They've okay. given them significantly bigger brains. Finally? Do scientists ever watch any movies? <laughs> well, my <laughs> single movie, please. My favorite comment on the Reddit post that uh, brought this to my attention, and then I, I went to the scholarly article. One guy posts, do you want a Planet of the Apes? Because this is how you get a Planet of the Apes. <laughs> so giant throbbing monkey brains. You got your one of your UFC fighters vowing to collect a bunch of UFC fighters to show up whenever Antifa's there. Oh, boy, I want to hear that story. Oh, yeah. Uh, all that on the way. Donate to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning and you saw a news report that China had distributed a hundred million sensors around the United States and that any time an American walked past one of these sensors, this sensor automatically collected off of your phone, your name, your home address, your personal network, who you're friends with your online viewing habits, and a whole host of other pieces of information. Well, that's precisely what TikTok is. It has 100 million U.S. users. It collects all of that information. So that's from last night's 60 Minutes. They did a feature on uh, TikTok, and um, the main takeaway, I hope, was for people who didn't already know this. Uh, We've been saying it for a long time because it's true. There's no such thing as a Chinese company that's not reporting all the information to the Chinese government. There's no such thing. It doesn't exist. And if there were the moment the government says you're going to start, they will. They must. 
So, yeah, the idea that TikTok can gather all this information and turns it over to the communist Chinese, that's that's a given. But at least it was, you know, stated on 60 Minutes, so maybe more people know that now. Right, right. And I appreciate it when news outlets will say uh, a company with close ties to the Chinese military. But it's really, it's unnecessary to say that. And, and the more people who understand that, I think the better. Right. It's going to be interesting to watch going forward with the new administration if uh, if... if you know the extent to where we continue to make it clear. Okay, we're we're enemies. We in China are enemies. We all agree on this now. Let's not pretend it's any different. I hope that's the way it is approached. Right, because right. it's true. Hostile rivals, at least. Yeah, I, I worry about the Biden administration coddling the Chinese and giving them a, a, an accelerated path to challenging the U.S. Probably in a violent way, but. I guess we'll find out together. Do you want to play another clip of that report? Or? Uh, no. No? Okay. More on that later. We'll post it on TikTok. Later. <laughs> this is how you get a planet of the apes. <laughs> Scientists have grown bigger monkey brains using human genes, essentially replicating evolution. Because the world needed monkeys. Smarter monkeys. Bigger brains. Not this stupid, this, stupid, regular monkeys. The commenter on this story was right. This is how you end up with a planet of the apes. Bunch of poop chucking morons right now. You need smarter monkeys. Oh, uh, let's see. They got a, co- a collaboration between researchers in Germany. Uh, researchers in Germany could never be up to no good. At uh, the Max Planck Institute of Molecular Cell Biology and Genetics, and in Japan, oh my God, it's the Axis powers. <laughs> Sid, you want a piece of this? You want to maybe just serve lunch at the labs? <laughs> Here's some spaghetti. How's that work, Gagaman? Oh, anyway, geez. they've used the same gene that uh, makes our brains bigger that the monkeys are, are, are lacking uh, to grow a monkey brain to be bigger for the first time. Study was published in Science on Thursday. Is you know, this one, I, I double checked this to make sure it wasn't the Weekly World News or the Sun or you know one of your. I'm struggling to find out papers. why we need monkeys with bigger brains. Is there some sort of and with this technology we can help Alzheimer's patients or something like that? Is it one of those, or do they just want to have smarter, more terrifying monkeys? Um, uh, <laughs> I, I I think. The idea is the more we can understand the brain and how it works and how it developed and the rest of it, the better we are. And if we end up with, I don't know, a super intelligent chimp named Caesar who takes to the woods north of San Francisco and forms an army, that's just the risk you're going to take. And takes your wife and makes her his own. Oh, you know, I'd have to ask my wife about that. This study is not only incredible, it's also enlightening. It could replicate the moment in evolution where humans became separate from other primates, all Mm. due to one gene. Says the lead study author, we had certain hopes what the gene ideally could do and should if it had the function that we postulated it should have. Um, The very satisfying answer is that the gene did exactly everything you could have hoped for. The results are broken down into four sections. By inserting the gene, the size of the monkey's neocortex increased. Folding of the brain, similar to how a human brain is folded, was induced. The relevant progenerative cell type, which produces neurons, was increased, and specifically increased upper layer neurons, which you'd know if you had more of them, (laughs) are the neurons that increase uh, as the brain evolves to be more sophisticated. 
How about that? Oh, there's a picture, too, Jack, if you'd like to see it. We'll post this at armstrongandgetty.com. That's the regular monkey brain on the left and the big old throbbing monkey brain. That's BFMB right there. Oh, yeah. That's a Um, big flipping monkey brain. um, uh, So we're raising money this week for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. We'll kick off next hour talking to... It's an amazing story. Uh, one of the guys that's been helped by Freedom Station after being injured, uh, you know, fighting wars for our freedom. So I hope you can stay tuned for that. And indeed, just very quickly, they deal with a lot of guys with traumatic brain injury. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the brain. Good yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Um, yet another company announced today that they've got a COVID vaccine. And they say, you remember last week, Pfizer said, we got one that's 90% effective. Miraculous. Well, Moderna came out with one today. They say it is 95% effective. So the race is on. Um, so that's fantastic. And there are several other companies out there that also say they're close. So there's going to be COVID vaccine everywhere. Wherever you get Tic Tacs, there's going to be a COVID vaccine. Wow, fantastic. I hope. And I understand the skepticism, but these are now multiple giant corporations in multiple countries that are saying, yep, it works. It's safe. I could. It could be a lie. I can barely wrap my head around this being over. I don't dare hope. No, I, I don't either. I don't either. So freaking tiring. Oh. Everything, everything is a little more sucky. So the mayor of New York, de Blasio, announced today that people really should not travel for the holidays and keep family gatherings as small as possible. At least he threw in, which uh, a lot of politicians don't do. He said, it pains me to suggest it, but it's what we need. At least he acted like he's a human being. The giant communist with a little compassion. Appreciated. Oh, got to get to that uh, cage fighters going to protect Trump supporters story. Wow. Armstrong and Getty.